Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Aylward. We're hosted by Yacht Solutions, and we're here to engage with our community to understand multiple perspectives in order to make impactful changes through conversation. We appreciate you listening in and tuning. If you'd like to follow and subscribe the podcast, check out Yacht Solutions' webpage and whoever we're interviewing for today's episode. We would really appreciate that, and we thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Gilward. We're hosted by Yacht Solutions, and today is a special episode. We are doing a Bud Tenders podcast. We got Dylan and Aaron, two gentlemen that I get to work with at the dispensary over there on Kennedy in Cincinnati, and we are actually getting to do our first um, live episode that is from my house while we consume some cannabis. So, you know, we're going to sit and take a little bit longer of a time. Usually I do these at 30 minutes. I think we'll probably go for an hour, maybe an hour and a half today. Um, and we're going to start off like we normally do, where we just introduce both of these gentlemen. Um, Dylan is coming from a few different backgrounds. I believe he's doing some kind of like landscaping work with his dad. I'm sure he's going to correct me here in a second. Um, and I know that Aaron also comes from a few different careers in the cannabis space, but also a few different jack-of-all-trades. So if you two could introduce yourselves. Yeah, Dylan here. Uh, I was in, my dad got me a job with him as a concrete technician um, for, for testing concrete for a, a third-party testing company. Um, and then, yeah, I was at a movie theater for a couple of years. And that was before cannabis? That was before okay, cannabis. Okay, so, so take, it, take us into like how you did that. How'd you go from those two to cannabis? Was trying to figure out, you know, I'm getting in my mid 20s, so I want to uh, start a base for a good career. So I was trying to move up in this movie theater into management a little more because I never really took jobs too seriously before then. I was just having a lot of fun. And uh, I think uh, so the COVID hit in 2020. I, I moved, I was already an assistant manager there, and then COVID hits us, so we got to shut down immediately and with no point of return so i think the company went under um and so i decided to travel with my nice little COVID checks that was coming in and um went to la a few times went out west and they had um you know lots of cannabis out there got to explore a little bit got to see some of the the cool things that they got and uh then I, I went, came back, and I was like, well, what am I going to do? And uh, there was medical weed, and there was a school um, that I could go to. And I so I applied for that, and a couple months later, I just showed up in classes. Um, from there, it was like, got to get a job, and applied a couple places, and ended up with Sunnyside. That was the um, Cleveland School of Cannabis? Cleveland School of Cannabis. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. How long did it take you to um, go through the process for that, for them? Uh, so I want to say there was four terms that I did, um, and 12 classes total. Uh, that took me about uh, almost a year. Uh, I did it full time for a whole year, basically. That's cool. That's cool. And what was it that, um, like, have you always just been a, a consumer of cannabis? Is that, is that where like the drive to get into the industry hit, came from? Yeah. I recently back like, uh, probably about like 18, 19, back when I left, uh, OU. Um, I, I was I, I was drinking heavily, and then my friends were all not, and they were smoking heavily, and uh, they got me into it. And uh, I, you know, I didn't at first think I'd get into it like I did, but you know, uh, 
as time tells, uh, you know, I, I realized that it was a lot better than drinking and as a pastime and uh, ended up falling in love with it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right on. Aaron, go ahead. Hi, my name's Aaron. Um, you guys are welcome to say your last name. Sorry. I was kidding. Uh, my name is Aaron Ellis. I, I just got informed I could say my last name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Jack of All Trades has given me probably more of a compliment than I deserve. I've just tried a lot of different jobs uh, like Dylan here. I was never one to, you know, take jobs too seriously. I think I was always, uh, you know, working to live rather than living to work. You know, that was always kind of my philosophy on it. So, um, but then when I moved out west, I did move out west for a time. Uh, lived out there. I was trying to do the whole um, like entertainment side of things, but I got a job, you know, as also Dylan said, you know, it's everywhere out there. So there's a lot of different, uh, unique opportunities. Um, so I was a brand ambassador for MedMen for a time. Um, did that for about a year. Um, when we got laid off cause they got substantially larger. So they started doing like commercials and billboards. They didn't really need a grassroots company, um, or department rather they, uh, yeah, they let us go. So I started looking for other jobs, find another job in a dispensary. Um, and then, yep, COVID hit. I moved back home just to be around family and friends. Um, and the passion for cannabis has always been there. Um, you know, my mom's always been a very holistic person. Um, she doesn't actually partake in cannabis, but that always kind of gave me that that mindset of, you know, not going the pharmaceutical route. So I was always interested. Um, and then obviously through culture, you know, through music or movies, entertainment, whatever have you. Um, I always, I just found a, a huge passion for cannabis and, um, I was like, well, if I have to find a job, I want to, I want to do something that I enjoy doing. So cannabis is that, you know, so then I've just started going, going hard ever since then. Oh yeah. That's dope. I feel the same way. It's interesting that we all, um, are COVID babies. I wonder how many, how many of them are really out there. Cause I know it's one of those things where from my old career, the, the like cooking side, that's definitely something where people, you know, were lawyers and then COVID happened and they were like, I'm going to become a chef. I, I would think, you know, I, I haven't heard those stories, but I would imagine that they're out there just the same way that we are. Um, I didn't know that all three of us had experienced that. Cause that's what happened to me. I, I was in the restaurant and I was like ready to leave. And then James Masterson came through and he was like, chef, I'm going to the, Cleveland School of Cannabis, and I was like, motherfucker, what? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to school for weed, and I was like, I've been smoking weed my whole damn life. I didn't think I could do that shit legally, so, you know, let me let me jump in. And so I did the same thing, where it was just like, Mike DeWine uh, like, had laid us off, and the restaurant that I worked for, like, they tried to keep me on, and God bless them, they were great people, it was an awesome family, but it was just like, you know, time time for me to leave the space and leave them at the same time. Um, so I took from like, uh, March to June and was able to get into the space and it, I felt the same way where it was just like, and one of my driving factors for going to the school was because I was starting to see the jobs even that year before mm-hmm. and I applied and it took months and I was just getting no's and no's and stuff. And, and then, so I was like, well, you know, you put this Cleveland school of cannabis on my resume. And there's nobody can tell me no now, you know what I mean? Like I'm qualified and uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely, and it was a great time. It was, it was a wonderful time. You were on a lot of things on campus. No, I, I did it all remote. Do they have a campus? They do. Okay. They have two brick and mortars, one in independence and uh, 
and they have one in Columbus as well. Uh, and, and, you know, with COVID and everything, it was easy to just do just the online stuff. Most of it was geared on that anyway for me. I've been, I've been to the one in Columbus now that we have the conversation, um, I think twice, maybe three times. Um, most of the people that I talk to have been to it online though. Mm-hmm. James, the person that got me introduced to the space, uh, did like a mixture, I think of, of both for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you go to any, uh, like school or experience any kind of like training? I actually, now that I say that out loud, you've, you've uh, expressed how much training you've received at the dispensary over there in, on Kennedy. Yeah. Um, again, like, you know, when I was, when I first got into it, uh, when I was out in LA, it was more, it was so normalized out there that it's almost, it's like any other job, you know, it's, you know, they ask you a couple of questions in your interview and it's like, oh, okay, you kind of know you're talking about, it. you know, come on in, you know? Um, but yeah, over in Ohio, since it's still medical, it was um, very, it was, yeah, it was way more in depth. Um, and also again, like to your point, since we were talking earlier, um, you know, when you're working with people who, because over there it is just kind of a job, you know, I mean, people still have a passion for it, but it's also, a, you know, people still also just see it like another job. So um, when you have people that are in this like market, like over in Ohio, that, um, you know, everybody that you work with is super passionate about it, you know, is, um, um, you know, one, they're going to be informed about it because they are passionate about it. So, um, yeah, it's just a different kind of, a different kind of training, a different kind of, uh, you know, experience, but it, um, I would say everybody in Ohio for, you know, by percentage is, you know, way more passionate and way more informed than what I was used to out there. Yeah, no, we've definitely had that conversation. I think all three of us more than once where it's like, I just think that, um, it's like, it's tough because I know, I know the people who have, or like not even have the people who are currently like serving a life sentence in prison for this shit are like, probably cursing a couple of guys like us out, you know, for just being like, Oh yeah, it was COVID and we, we got in. Um, but at the same time, it's like everybody I do meet is super passionate about it. You know what I mean? Everybody does care a lot. And it's like, yeah, I I'll call it out like right away or like early in the conversation where it's like, I think everybody does want a slice of the pie or like to be compensated or make a little bit of cash. But I don't know. Most of the people that I meet aren't like, trying to be greedy about it it's most most of the people i mean are just trying to like feed their family and like own a home and like go on a vacation once a year you know like i don't really know too many people who have have the ambition of i want a ton of money and follow it up with the drive and like what it takes to get there so i don't know it's tough because i really like um the fact that there's so many people that you meet at the beginning of something like this that are so passionate about it. Cause every time like me and Dylan have gone to those, uh, expos and you meet people who have like smaller booths. Cause it's like, it's like a blended, uh, community where it's like license holders. And then there's like hemp people because of the, um, hemp bill that passed in 18 or whatever. And then you also have, you know, like hippie shops or not even hippie shops, just Arts, res- yeah, like respectable, normal ass businesses, you know, that are, are trying to make it, make it out there. So it's right. like that. And then being in a cannabis friendly space, they know their audience, you know, yeah. and I think also like, you know, there's kind of a disconnect sometimes with the, the corporate side of cannabis versus the, the people that are working on like the ground level in yeah. a sense, you know, because 
for me, it's like, you know, cannabis is a thing that brings people together. You know, it, it, it's, it, it spurs conversation. Um, it's supposed to be something that like, I don't know, it feels like a community, you know? Um, and sometimes when you're just focused on how can we make this the best business possible, you like lose, you know, sometimes you lose that side of it. So, um, and I think that's going to be the cool part about, you know, when it does, you know, if slash when it does federally go legal or something, there's going to be, you know, you're going to be able to bring that community kind of back into it. You know, I think that's going to be, you know, that's what I'm excited for. Cause I love cannabis for that reason. Like that's my other passion for it. It's like, yeah. it is a community. I'm know? curious. Answer, answer me the question, both of you uh, in whatever way you'd like, uh, but from like a dispensary employee perspective and view, how do you feel about that? Uh, like corporate disconnect because some of it exists because that's how corporate corporations work period. Right? Like there's a separation right. between the hourly employee or the people who are serving the customer and the people who are making the decisions from an executive standpoint. But the thing that I find interesting and unique about cannabis is the difficulties behind like the compliance side of it, the difficulties of paying your taxes, because let's be honest, there's, uh, a legacy market that I think all three of us would agree that we respect and we love and we like cherish in our hearts because that's truly like what all this stuff came from. That's like where those people are still at. Um, but we're also excited about the legal market. And then within that space, it's kind of like, uh, oh, shit, I'm losing my train of thought. That's well, with the legacy in the legal market, a lot of these people in the legacy market probably want to be you know, in that legal market, they're just waiting for the okay. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. not like they want to do this. They, we all know the true benefits. It is beneficial. That's why we have medical cannabis. We're just waiting for the okay from governments and people with, you know, older tradition, like mindsets, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, thank you for helping me remember what I was like trying to wrap back into. And it's like, um, do you think that some of that exists because we don't really have a choice, right? Like we're the first people to do it in the way that the United States and the federal government interact with us. And then by state by state basis, you know, the way that they make these businesses interact with them, you know, there, there is going to be a disconnect no matter what, right? Like there is going to be a, a, a loss in translation. So it's like, as a dispensary employee, like, are you able to accept that? Are you able to be okay with that disconnect? Or do you find ways to um, like, you know, learn more about what you want to know about that you don't know about kind of thing? Totally. I, I mean, I, I think where I'm at with it is like, you know, if I'm coming at it from a business standpoint, just cause like, that's not where I come from. So I have to put my brain there. If I'm trying to come at it from a business standpoint, I think, you know, let give, Obviously, you know, obviously you're pigeon-toed right now with, you know, laws and regulations, but, um, you know, let the people who, like, are truly passionate about it, because, like, even when I was out there, like, in L.A., when I would have to go to the corporate office if I was a brand ambassador, you kind of get the idea that some of these people came from, you know, being lawyers or being something that they were because they, because they saw that, you know, the grass is greener in cannabis, per se, you know, that it's going to be, you know, it's, it's a money but, I mean, it's a money field. It's going to be so, one of the biggest markets in the next 20, 50 years. Exactly. So, yeah, so, so, so I think some people are looking at it from money, and then some people look at it from, like, kind of how we look at it of let's help, let's, you know, let's, you know, we want to get this, you know, we, we want to get this out there for the beneficial aspect. Um, so I think if I was coming at it from a money side, 
I would want those people to kind of be controlling, you know, the creative ideas, you know, per se, the branding ideas. So it's like, if I was a business person, I would give, obviously you're still going to be handling all of, you know, the binary stuff, the ones and zeros, you know, all of the, the business side of it, but for branding, like for different ideas on how you can sponsor events on what kind of events or let the people who are truly passionate about it kind of like take that and run with it because then they're going to know how to reach those markets. The people who are just looking at it from the money side are going to, you know, they're always like, how can we bring in the most people? How can we, what's the widest net we can cast, you know, that we can cast to bring in the most people. But, um, you know, I think people who are truly passionate about it, they kind of know the ways to actually kind of like strike the heartstrings of people who, you know, use and consume and are also passionate about it that are actually going to be, you know, loyal customers. No, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's just, you know, it's ran by people that aren't like that right now right. where we're at, you know, but, you know, with time, you know, I'm just like, there's two sides to it is like with every, you know, I'm just happy to be able to be in the space because I know there's still people out there that aren't even able to be in the space. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that aspect. But you do wish that you, people would just take, look at successful markets, look at people, successful places where they are able to uh, make, generate lots of revenue for towns and, and still and not, not demonize cannabis, you know what I mean? And make it a normal thing. And we should be taking from these places and, and really moving forward. But, so, you know, where we are in Ohio, we're a little bit more red as of late. And, and historically speaking, it's uh, not necessarily great for cannabis. Yeah, fair enough. I think um, I think it's difficult, period. I'm, I'm a little lost at words at the moment. Um, but I, I definitely think that there's a disconnect that I had a tough time swallowing, right? Like I, I would like, um, actively go out and try to like seek information and kind of like learn about the space and, and, and learn about like what was going on. And I still felt a little bit confused and lost as, as like not necessarily, um, understanding why the way I, I think I should be able to like talk to a patient in the way that I, I think I should be able to, um, say things. Yeah. Um, taping my, my whatever words I'm allowed to say away from me is very unfortunate. Like uh, a lot of these patients are extremely confused on the literature of, of Ohio because they made it so, I mean, they made it a little bit abstract and, and there's not, they're not really pertaining to the culture or, or just the history of how people consume. You know what I mean? Making everyone vaporize. Uh, you know, there's we're going through a recession almost right now, and then people aren't they don't want to buy the two hundred fifty dollar packs, you know, because it's it's just not what they're used to. And then why do I got to change? You know, I think so. even the just like the disconnect that exists on um, all of us from like what you go and get from the doctor, the conversation that you have with the doctor when you go to the dispensary, you show up at the dispensary and then you have your conversation about what you want to purchase that day or what you might have already purchased um, is a, a really difficult part of it. Like figuring out how to break that down and figuring out how to help people the right way is um, the thing that I always was like frustrated by. 
and like not in a way where like it made the job bad it just made it like a uh, like part of the hurdles that you kind of like have to go through Mm -hmm. so i don't know like what do you guys both think in regards to um, like helping patients all the different patients that are out there and just like what your like day-to-day is in regards to um like getting through those hurdles I mean, you got to treat every patient like it's a new patient, you know, treat everybody and uh, completely the, the day they're having today could be not the same that they had yesterday. So if you think you know something about someone, you know, guess again, um, you know, everybody is going to come in and then like just getting through your own day to day. Just know that, you know, everybody has their own problems and and you're in retail and you're going to have to see a lot of people. And uh, so to be mindful of that and be ready to um, react to somebody who's not having a good day and to be able to still help them through it and still get them, you know, the things that they need. Um, and then making sure your verbiage is correct as well. You got a lot of people need to be informed and you got to like, if you're patient facing like that, you got to try to inform because a lot of people don't know what they're talking about or no, or they want to know, you know what I mean? And just nobody has reached out and gave them the lending hand yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. And it's, I mean, yeah, because the hurdles are definitely there with like the verbiage we can use. And, um, but I guess the way that the thing that keeps me kind of, you know, motivated is it's kind of like, you know, the, it's kind of like a ripple effect. You know, the more that you can inform them, the more that they can go to their friends or family, they can inform them, you know, it becomes like a, it's like I can start a ripple effect, you know, I can start like the information ripple effect, you know, as long as I do my job, then they can go and they can spread that information and that information can get spread, you know, so mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it keeps going. So um, as long as I keep that mindset, it, it helps me kind of because, yeah, sometimes like, you know, when you can't use certain words or when the person come in and they're using certain words, but you can't, you know, there's like this, this barrier. You're like, yeah, you know, you can't really say anything. You're just like, so you do kind of, exactly, literally. Yeah. Like, so you do wish that you could, you know, not have that barrier. But then at the same time, like I said, you know, what motivates me is just knowing that like, well, as long as I'm using the right words, or as long as I'm giving them the right information for the state, then they can give the right information to other people. So yeah, no, no, no. I think it's interesting because you you brought up a, a really good point that it reminds me of like, I you guys know this about me and some people probably do, uh, but I'm, I'm just like not on the customer re- retail side. It's, it's not who I am. And you bringing up like, we're not all the same person on the same day. Yeah. Um, I think that's the hard part that I really have with retail, you know, because on the... Like when you're on the cashier side of it or the bud tender or however you want to refer to the position, it's like you need to be consistent every single day. And so that's difficult to know that you can't expect that of the person that's on the other side of that. But (laughs) within the same like conversation that you're bringing up, I always like felt that motivation too and really enjoyed that about the job like even though it's difficult um when you can have somebody on the other side of you that's willing to kind of like hear you and listen just a little bit you know they don't have to be like completely open like because i get it i'm i don't even want to listen to myself when i tell myself to do things so when other people tell me to do things i'm always going to have a tough time listening so i get that but if i can get somebody just to like 
hear me a little bit and having those really great moments where you can help someone find something or you can help them uh, break a stigma. Like I tell people this all the time when I get to have a conversation, my favorite thing is sending people home that just like didn't think that they could consume cannabis at a time of day or at a moment in their life that this, their whole lives, they were just like, I, I'm not allowed to use cannabis for this circumstance. I'm not allowed to, um, you know, eat an edible or go outside and puff a joint. And those like being able to break through those was like the shit and like yeah. what it was worth. But the accepting people, how they come every day, I don't think I can do it. Like I, I can from a business perspective, well, I mean, you know, cause it's like lines, like you're not, don't let yourself be bullied. You don't want somebody calling you names and whatnot. Like at that point, you know, I know well, it's you, not really safe to say like, you, you know, you're supposed to, you know, be nice or whatever, but if, Somebody's cussing me out. Like I'm gonna say, you know what? I think it's time that you go and maybe try again later. That's a great point. I mean, you know, because you always have like, yeah, I'm never gonna let myself like get, you know, talked down to it. Right? You know what I mean? So, but it's just it's coming from like, because you do. I mean, you have tough patients. <coughs> that's like that's like a oh yeah, but that's like a patient. I feel like that's from the patient side of things, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that's just kind of, you know, it's almost like, it's almost wishful thinking because any, you know, cause like you and, and you know, we've all worked at, you know, I mean, we've all worked at tons of other jobs and tons of other, you know, uh, like markets where it's like, you're never going to escape hard customers like ever. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You're mm -hmm. never going to, if you that. see people, you will get the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like no matter where. So yeah. to me, it's like, do I want to deal with people in food that are giving me a hard time or what you know, like all these other or do I want to deal with people that are like about camp, something that I know, something that I'm passionate about, something I can like look them in the eye and be like, I'm trying to help you. You know what I mean? This is how I can help you yeah. in a sense to where it's like, you know, I'd rather deal with hard patients in that environment rather than any other environment. Because you're never gonna or patients, customers, you're never gonna escape that part of the job or always going to find a coworker you're not friends with or a boss that's too mean. You know what I mean? Oh. Being in a cannabis friendly space, it's a little bit better. I could, I could ring that one true like forever. Yeah. Just like no, know, knowing that there's always going to be somebody that, um, you know, is just tough to be around. It's and like, that's okay. no, no, no. It's beautiful because that's like having people agree with you all the time is not fun. Like, Having people around that are just yes people is not the right way to go about anything. So having somebody who's difficult in the room is great. And if you are lucky enough that, you know, you can find somebody who will hear you and listen to you on the other side of that is even better. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. It's really hard to find a team of people who are willing to kind of, um, you know, have a tough day and admit that they might have done something wrong and say, Hey, my bad, you know, like I'll, I'll clean up my act or, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that I, I, I don't make that mistake again. Right. And then everybody can kind of like get back to going at, at what they're, what they're at. Totally. Happens with the people you love. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You, know I mean? you can't expect it not to happen in other places. And I mean, since you brought up, you know, like coworkers, so it's like, I mean, that's the other thing that I love about this industry. It's like, it's some of the most open-minded caring you know what i mean like mm -hmm, like at mm -hmm. least i know when i go to the job the people that i'm going to battle with per se the people that i'm i love that, that way with, i yeah, love yeah. that term yeah, the people that nice. i'm yeah the people that i'm i'm going to battle with, like it's like i know that they're super open-minded they care they are you know they're 
knowledgeable, you know what I mean? Like they're fun to work with. So it's like, that's the only thing that I, you know, that drives me about the industry. That's what I tell all my friends too. It's like, go somewhere where it's like, you know, you're going to enjoy the people you work with. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm, not saying, it, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, but even if it's 80%, you know, I mean, yeah. it's still a super high percentage. Like, so. And it doesn't it. leave across other companies. It, I've noticed that too. Is it's super open everywhere? You, you know, people don't want to, you know, keep secrets and 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 like and, and rivalries with other. <coughs> cool. I've noticed that everybody wants to mingle with everyone, and, and you know what I mean. It's all about inclusion, right? Yeah, it's like all like those, um, you know, like when Timeless had that okay. like hangout. You know, we had all. And those I understand different... marketing too, but like just the way even like CEOs, I. I've never been able to talk to like other like big bosses and then like and be on the same level intellectually. Like they don't right. they don't think too highly of themselves. They look at you and they see some. They look at and they see themselves. You know I what know. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's something that's really cool. I hundred percent agree. I really um, I I think I'll forever be grateful that you know twenty twenty happened and I it got brought to my attention that I could do this because despite like not wanting to be in the retail environment like. I'm forever grateful for all of that experience. Like every single, all, that entire process of like being in there and going from like one, doing things one way to doing things a different way and like having patience and endure that with us was like crazy. It's just like so, so beneficial. I got, I got a little lost in, in trying to like think about back then and then like remember what I was talking about just now. Cause it, it, it seems, it seems like such a, a different distance, but it, it, it's cool to um, like feel so open the whole time and like be around people who are so accepting the whole time. Like, you know, it sucks because people are still people and that's what made it difficult. But there's like, I don't know, man, cannabis people accept each other quite a bit. Totally. And I mean, especially, you know, to get in the industry, you kind of have to be, um, you know, malleable too. You know, this isn't, this is a, this is an ever changing industry. This is all, it's going to be growing too. So you're around people who, you know, um, who do kind of like the idea of going against the grain, who, you know what I mean? Who, who are kind of on the front lines of like, you know, you no, know, they don't like it or they're just not cut out and they don't, you know, they thought it was going to be something different than what it was, but the people who are truly passionate about it, you know, they understand that aspect of it. Like, you know, it is, you know, it, it takes a certain type of like mindset and character to want to, you know, go through that, you know, to want to, you know, like push that social barrier to want to try to change the perception of people, you know, because it's, I mean, it is, it's hard. I mean, but it, but, but at the end of the day, it's, that's it's the most rewarding job that I've ever been in. You know, I think that's one thing that makes Ohio interesting and it's not, because it's Ohio, I think it's because we're a limited license medical state, but it definitely is like, you know, there's not a lot of jobs to pick from. So everybody is like fighting for it and everybody really wants to be there. So it's, it's an interesting mix of like folks who want to be educated. They want to be informed. They want to know what's going on. They want to tell people what's going on. They want to talk about it with everyone. They want to be included in it because it's cool and it's fun and it's cannabis. So why wouldn't you want to be involved? I mean, come on, we all been consuming this our whole lives to bring us here. So that is enough on its own. Um, so I feel like it, it definitely is that. 
And circling back to like being grateful and everything, you got to think like it's still federally illegal. You know what I mean? Schedule one drug. DEA, if they if they change their minds on their last you know decision on how they're gonna do things, they can just come in and, and wreck it all up for us. Which can we just talk about how asinine it is that it's still they like so schedule one. They still the federal government still considers to have no medical value. Tie tie it in tie it into uh, like just being a dispensary employee in like the supply chain of it though. Like to to, just to keep us on topic and keep us on the show, you know what I mean? Like tie it in some way. Well, so I mean for me, you know, kind of to I guess a callback would be because I got in trouble for it when I was a kid, you know, when I was growing up in Kentucky. Same, yeah, yeah, same. That's that's why I was like, I got the passion for this. Yeah, absolutely. So so I move out west and you know, COVID happens and I'm working in an industry, we're considered essential. Mm-hmm. you know so with me you know so i have my mom looking at me yeah you know i mean i mean you know she's always been accepting and loving but so i guess i should say families looking at me kind of like you know you're in a very um risky industry where mm-hmm. that's how they saw it but but i'm considered essential you know they like they're saying from the federal level oh it's cannabis oh god oh oh no but then but we're considered essential workers, you know, mm-hmm. so then, so there's a disconnect that goes on inside of, you know, me and, you know, amongst people that you're like, how can you still consider that there to be no medicinal value when like, when a, a pandemic happens, you know, a global pandemic, and then we're still open, we're still serving people, we're still supposed to be giving people their quote unquote medicine. So, 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 you know, it just blows my mind, I guess, you know, I'm trying to tie it in, but I guess it's like, okay. but that's people how people need their medicine. Yeah, no, no, I think I think that's a good way. I um I was able to experience it that because I got hired on in the in July of 2020. And it took me a minute before I was able to like get my uh, like feet aboard and like really be working. So I don't think that I really was um, like contributing to that dispensary until maybe like the fall of it. But man, it definitely was interesting being an essential worker and being a part of that like wave, if you will, could just because they had like, uh, there was a few times where they separated us, where we were like on A and, and B teams and just, you know, the way that people felt about it and taking it so seriously, um, not even being in a market like California or out West where you hear people who, you know, they can be legacy sometimes, or sometimes they're people like us who just like realized it a little bit earlier and went, went out West and partook where it just feels so normalized because even, you know, like during the pandemic, not seeing anyone. Cause it was either, I, I feel like for the first six to eight months, maybe even the first year of that job, <clears throat> it was like, go to the grocery store, <clears throat> spend some time with my family and my wife. And that was really it because it was the pandemic. So, you know, none of us were uh, going out and it was like, you feel a certain responsibility to the people that are coming in because, you know, they're showing you that they clearly need help and they're, they clearly need this medicine. So you're definitely like fulfilling that. And it's that, uh, makes a weird disconnect, no doubt, hundred percent, like in, a, in everything. And it's, it's, it's another one of those things that has got to make it hard on everybody who decides to join it because there's no, like, you there's see the reaction people get when they are told no to their medicine. Mm, like mm-hmm. yeah because like you have to turn people away sometimes if, if the rules say they can't you know what i mean like and and you get some pretty strong reactions to that you know what i mean and so you see how how greatly people actually do need it absolutely absolutely yeah. 
Go ahead. Oh, no, I was no, I totally agree. I think um, seeing uh, it be controlled in a way where people have to make decisions on whether or not they want to consume the product is definitely something that I didn't uh, foresee, you know, like witnessing at the dispensary level and like being there and watching that because it's not, uh, you know, in... I want this to come off in a way from my experience, like these people are equally in help of anyone else, but like there's a certain perception where it's like, okay, because you're weaning yourself off of another substance by using cannabis, your value of using cannabis is, is less or more because I've seen people come in who are trying to wean themselves off of different substances and cannabis is genuinely what they need to be able to do that. And they're not afforded the opportunity to be able to purchase it in a way that helps them. Or I've even seen people who come in and just have regular hip and back pain who are elderly or even in their like mid forties, or it doesn't matter what age, because you shouldn't have to justify it, but that, you know, have a difficulty purchasing this, this, um, plant, not even substance, you know? So it's like, that's got it. The, the federal part is hard because it's like, I don't know how to tie it into like being a dispensary employee, but you definitely like see a disconnect where it's like, as long as your day to day is good and it's just like the patient can purchase what they want and the, you know, the, the sale is, uh, is smooth and they don't have to wait too long, you know, and they get somebody who's in a good mood that day. Like mm-hmm. those experiences are really amazing and they feel, um, they feel so natural because I feel like all of us have been waiting and it's interesting to like not notice it and then walk away and do notice it or have a bad day where you notice, you know, somebody's bad side or your bad side because we're human too. So, you know, like taking so much can be difficult and just like putting on a good face is hard sometimes. Um, So I I will say that we do actually see that disconnect, you know, like, uh, you know, you get people come in all the time um, who, the doctor, which, you know, could be seen as like federal, like, you know, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. did not explain anything to them about the program, you know, which, you, which there is, I mean, it's, you know, Ohio's got its, um, it's complex, you know, yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm, definitely complex mm-hmm. with the system on, on how they run things. But, um, you know, like I would say we do see that disconnect. Like we see, you know, doctors that are prescribing this thing left and right because they want the money, but they're not giving out the proper information to the patient. About oh, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, and that I think that would be another thing that's upsetting, which that is part of our job to be the ones to explain the system and the day supply and, you know, how all that works. Um, but I would say that's where I see the disconnect. It's like, you know, you're giving out this medical card, but yet you don't, you know, you don't genuinely authentically care about giving out the information. It seems like it's just a money grab, you know, mm-hmm. and that's when I, you know, but again, going back to it, that's kind of when I get the motivation to, you know, give them the best information I can because I know that they might not be getting it elsewhere. I definitely think that um, getting people information is just like difficult, you know, uh, getting everything out there it can can just be really hard because um, between the doctor, between... Well, you got to think doctor's got like its own people there. You know, they got workers they got receptionists that are all helping them type in this information and so it's not like this i mean yes the doctor doctors all doctors make good money normally you know what i mean like um 
I want to say their requirements, and, and it's not really their fault because it's their requirements. Their requirements are like two hours a year of, of learning in, in class, or or maybe it's like one time, or maybe it might be like an eight-hour one course thing. You know what I mean? So it's like their requirements aren't too steep, and so they're just taking what they can. It's I wouldn't be too. I it's hard. It's like yeah, you can be mad at them for messing up sometimes because. But that's just human nature is to mess up, and it's human nature to get mad. And it's like um, they're just doing what puts food on their table. Yeah, I think it makes it difficult. Like the, um, It's an interesting way to like tie into dispensing and um, like federal legalization. It's just like uh, it blocks any doctor who uses federal money or, t- or works with hospitals who have – federal money um, from being able to be a cannabis uh, subscribing doctor. So there's so many doctors who probably want to or have the curiosity, but they're not willing to risk their license because it's something like pediatrics, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because obviously, you know, if you're dealing with kids or women who are pregnant, they're not going to budge on cannabis use. So it definitely creates another disconnect where it's like, um, a lot of these patients here in Ohio, and I would imagine that happens in other places, have a difficult time finding a doctor that's for them mm-hmm. or the right doctor, you know? And half the time, I can't tell you, uh, like all the people in my life from every single age group that are, um, you know, just having a difficult time getting to the doctor and like having that conversation and feeling like they can ask all those questions, you know, and it's not um, in a bad way, you know, like I, I definitely I feel, feel like I feel like it's part of the job that uh, makes it fun, you know, because people come in and they're really like genuinely um, appreciative of the uh, experience that you can offer them in the conversations that they'll be able to have in the line where they're waiting to get their cannabis, right. you know, but, um, for sure. I see people enjoy that a whole lot. Um, you know, learning through other experiences, like there's a Reddit, you know what I mean? Like, and when people get on that train, mm-hmm. like just talk, having more people talking as a collective is how you're going to get things to be better. You know what I mean? Just get strength in numbers. And of knowledge as well. Community is for sure something that is um, important to all of us. And uh, I think it's like kind of where those difficulties are, are resolved it, it, with with the disconnect from the federal level and the doctor or even you just like maybe being a new consumer or maybe getting to learn more than you had known because, you know, you only knew what indicas and sativas were, and now you're learning what terpenes are. You know. Yeah. Oh my God. Learning about terps so important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Why don't, why don't we Why don't we switch modes and um, like uh, stop focusing on patients in the program and kind of like think about inventory? You know, like let's yeah. maybe do our best to um, you know keep it Ohio or uh, keep it relevant to like dispensing or, or being bud tenders, but like switching modes. It definitely was like a really cool experience. Like having uh, inventory experience to lean on from previous careers and coming in and being able to like for the first time in my whole life, like see boxes and boxes of cannabis, you know, and, and gummies and, and sodas and, and flowers, like mm-hmm. all, all that stuff is like, 
never ever ever stopped being really exciting you know and yeah. it's wild because i think i think most dispensaries throughout ohio at this point are, are between like the three and the like 550 marker like i don't really see too many people doing 600 items but that's a lot and i know that we all counted those and you guys still do yeah right so you know jump in however you want i mean i mean i to me it's like talking about just like the products i find it like that's that's the cool part about adding you know the science behind it i guess per se because i never really looked at it from that way but the ability to make such diverse um products i mean like even just like infusion powder you put on anything or any like there's such like we have such a way i feel like people are still you know they still have the perception of it from that um you know that you have to inhale it or you have to you know that there's certain things that it can be bad for your body but there are ways to consume cannabis that are absolutely harmless to your body you know and i think that's that's a really cool way that i think some people don't necessarily think about it sometimes so from the inventory side um like you i mean i've had prior experience counting inventory so it was it wasn't a huge learning curve for me um but i will say like i mean it it did throw me for a loop just yeah, how much we count and oh just, my god, uh, how much we count is yeah. literally ungodly sometimes. Yeah, well, like... how much we count and also, <laughs> you know, well, I think also what was super cool was just how on top of it they are. You know, it's clockwork. It's every night. You know, or if it's no. not every night, then it's Sunday morning or whatever it is. Daily you know? so, yeah, yeah, daily audit. So I mean, it's, it, I mean, it it can be stressful, but uh, you know, but I think the part of it, but again, going back to it, like that's what comes down to like, if you have a true passion for it, then you'll, you know, then you stick with it, you know, then you, you know, then, then it doesn't, then it doesn't really rattle your cage. But yeah, some people go into there just thinking, Oh, I'm about to work in a dispensary. And then you realize you got to count 500, 600 products. You know, you get a team, you got a team around you. You know what I love is doing uh, deliveries. I like mm. seeing the fresh off the truck. What, what's new. Cool. You know yeah. what I mean? I love seeing good flour that I did. Like sometimes, Certain batches are going to look or be way better than other batches. And I love seeing those really nice batches. Oh, yeah. I love a good looking flower. Uh, you, you know what I mean? The, 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 you see the, the perfect flower, you know what it looks like too. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and being able to see those fresh off the truck. And then also I love seeing the new different, different types of items you get or the, the different types of packaging you get. Cause like, I'm a little bit of, I, mean, I know you have a, you're a packaging company, but I love seeing good packaging. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Seeing good, pristine stuff. It, it, it's, a, it's a level of cannabis on top of it. If you want good things, you got to you gotta make sure you're putting, like, in the right materials. You have plastic to grade stirpings. You know, you don't necessarily want to keep, you know, mylars might be a little better. Airtight seals, glass jars, you know what I mean? Like, and the different, like, cool labels that you can put on them. I, the, the inventory side of the dispensing is, uh, just like, I don't know, definitely my, like one of my favorite parts. Cause it's, it's the part that involves getting to, you know, mess with weed all day mm-hmm. or cannabis. Man. But one of my favorite things, like he said, is just like, I really appreciated being able to like learn things about products through the inventory and uh, being like, Oh, you can put topicals on and it's not going to um, like affect the way that you feel. It's just going to relieve your pain. Like as long as it's not transdermal or whatever, yeah, or it doesn't go all the way down the bloodstream. 
even even the labeling and the packaging you know like the 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 companies who um have really like been able to have some foresight or maybe had had some people on their team or maybe they've been around long enough where they like have gone out of their way to print that out in a way where it's uh conducive to like the patient reading it like that stuff is really cool because i definitely learned a lot as a consumer a patient uh an employee at the dispensary by counting the inventory so much it definitely like wasn't fun and definitely could be difficult but uh whatever the same thing with the whole job you know yeah. uh, so that's just benefits of being at sunnyside you know what i mean yeah absolutely and i mean um even on like the hmm? we get a lot of traffic oh yeah absolutely being in that um being in that southern ohio portion is definitely helpful you know being down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause I think we've, I think we've touched on a little bit, like what, cause initially that's like what we were going to, like, what is like your, you know, like what's your kind of like favorite part or was your favorite part of like day to day or, you know, for Dylan, like, what Oh yeah, no, 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 like, that's cool. Know? I don't, please. Uh, I, I'll, I think for me, um, the day to day was definitely the people. I mean, oh. it's definitely one of those places just because, uh, you know, being around cannabis and being somebody who truly has like I look back on my life and there's decisions that have been made because of this plant and so the passion is definitely there and being in an environment where uh, like people don't get fatigued on discussing the topic you know and there's all like you can come in with like a new fact or you can like talk about something new and people are always excited to engage in some some fashion or another so um, like that aspect but then from that you do go for it like the that locations um uh, like day-to-day and steps i don't know i really i always really enjoy opening places you know like i I like i like coming in the morning and like you know the dude's coming off the grass and you're like driving into work and it's a nice day and you're like excited about work you know like you don't know like you show up it's a good crew show up the line's good you know yeah. menu's good you got good shit there's Play still, good music. yeah there's yeah, like good discounts good. like atmosphere man. yeah because it's like the, and that's what i love too you can be yourself you know yeah. and you don't have to hide anything you know what i mean one of your main passions that you might have had to hide in other places you don't have to here mm-hmm. and that's where you work that's where you spend most of your time you know what i mean and absolutely that's important that's important oh hugely important um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, kind of a combination of both you guys. I mean, you know, I like, well, the reason you like opening places is that restaurant. Yeah, you know, I mean, is that restaurant experience. You just like that idea of yeah. just opening shit. So maybe that's where that comes from. But definitely, also, but definitely. I do love and being a morning person. Yeah, I mean, I'm a hugely morning person too. But the people is what would bring me around. But also, yeah, it's 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 the possibility of like what's to come. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I not to get like personal or whatever, but like you know the idea of becoming stagnant or uh, you know becoming you know this idea of like okay this is what I'm gonna be doing now for the rest of my life like that scares me you know so it's like I like this like for me the day to day is like you know it's always changing like you said different discounts you're dealing with different people or you have different product um you're counting different things for inventory because you get a different sheet you know it's always different you know you're in a different position you know so the feeling of like switching and also the idea of this industry growing and becoming something else like 
those are all things that like that's what i love about it you know like that's what i love about the day-to-day it's just it, it's a break in routine like it never feels like a routine truthfully to me and i love that so definitely like the uh <clears throat> the the idea that you're commenting on with them getting bigger in that store and just like never having the same thing to do that's for sure uh one of the things that's going to be great about this industry for quite some time and i think that's that's conducive to the plant you know like cannabis is kind of like even from every single person's uh like aspect who you'll speak to in the dispensary you know like the 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 young the new the old the experience like each person in each age group is like this is how i consume cannabis and i never thought it would be this right. you know like, hear that so much. like i i like and i think that goes for each one of us like i'm i'm about to be 34 i don't know about you two i think you said early 20s um so it's like i remember not having um dabs like dabs weren't a thing at, at some point i got introduced to hot knifing when i was really young uh, but like, <laughs> it, it went away and I didn't understand what it was like nobody described it right like yeah. it was like it was like a one-time occurrence that I didn't understand so. okay. okay and I know that like I'll speak to people your age and you know there's cats who like almost <clears throat> can't even exclusively talk about dabbing and, and uh, like hitting yeah. big pens without like in their early days and yeah uh, I mean I love hearing the stories of old you know what I mean uh people first understanding or getting hash for the first time. And they talk about that experience is really fun for me. You know, you, you get those legacy guys, you know, there was a resurgence of, of popularity around those hippie times, late sixties, mid sixties, right? Early seventies that, that pushed back against, you know, what the government can and can't tell you what to do. You know what I mean? And, um, where am I going with this? Uh, but yeah, no, it's just real. I love hearing the stories. It's I okay. We can we can uh, like refocus on just the idea of that, um, like each generation, like having a part of cannabis be like, I never thought it was going to be this. And now that I'm this age, I can't believe, you know, dabs are on the scene or, you know, transdermal patches are a thing oh, or, it's, it's you know, CBD only is, is a thing or I can, I can fall asleep. So maybe, maybe like switch the conversation into like, what you guys both see as uh, beneficial to the future. And I know this conversation will probably get uh, like a little bit outside of Ohio and a little bit outside of dispensing. So why don't you guys both start off your opinions or like conversations on what do you think would be beneficial to like what you do on a day-to-day basis um, as far as like being an employee in Ohio, you know what I mean? Like, is it immediately the the recreational um, or the adult use programs that are trying to get voted in, or is it some kind of like um, change, or is it the simple fact that like the dispensary location you guys are at is just going to get bigger and that will alleviate a lot of the issues that you feel like you you know deal with, you know? So like, what you do know, you think's important for, for you now? What you're doing? I like how we're base level and we're always changing, as well as public opinion. And um, and the needs of Ohio medical marijuana users. Um, there, there, there's new licenses coming around. This is a new round of licenses, and it's because there's not enough for. But there's still people that drive an hour and a half to get to a dispensary, and that should not be a thing. You know what I mean? 
Um, so there's just, I, I think it's important that we're here now because we are the voice of where we are at and, and we do touch so many people that we are, we have power kind of in that sense and we can use that for good. You know what I mean? And, and, um, just being in the cannabis space now is important. I just like being, getting in early. You know what I mean? Because there's still places that aren't in at all. And, and so like, and the people and, and markets like ours can go to those places and learn, you know, learn from your mistakes and, and always be beneficially moving forward. Cause it shouldn't be just a, uh, you know, a high thing. It should be an everywhere thing. And slowly but surely, you know, we're getting to that point. I definitely think that, um, getting there where it's just more open and more accessible for everybody is, is super important. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, you know, I, because, because I want to get involved with cannabis and I want to like learn more things, I find that, um, it's very important to kind of like get the legislation right or, um, have it changed, but I don't understand uh, how difficult it is to actually show up and do that. You know, I'm talking to people who are educating me and, and making me see that I need to convince people like you two to, you know, like drive up to Columbus with me. Like this is when they're going to talk about SB nine and this is when they're going to talk about the next thing mm-hmm. and really like rally people because we definitely have the voice to change it. But for, for sure, I think accessibility is, is one of those things that's just like necessary period. And it makes it, um, it makes it difficult. And I think that's the reason why we see like a 500,000 um, patient count and then, you know, only a hundred, 75 or so uh people actually making purchases in our program Mm -hmm. because that's definitely something i've always like found surprising is just that disconnect and how many people like show up to purchase and how many people have gotten a license and just like how big that is yeah i I mean go back to the question i think for me the most important thing to me in my immediate future would be yeah just getting the new um you know, getting into a bigger space, you know, I think that'll be, I'm excited for that. Um, just to see what that's going to look like to see kind of, cause I think, you know, again, with the patient output that we do and, you know, like you have other locations of ours that are doing a fraction of what we see, but they have these fully built from, from the bottom to the top, you know, they got mm-hmm. these nice, mm-hmm. nice. They got their own location by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They're you not know, a plaza. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think, um, I think to me, that is going to be where it's like, not that I'm losing motivation because I'm not like, I've, I still have the same passion for that. I always have. I think, I think that's I think that'll, to us. Oh, to, to totally. Workers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you see, us seeing the volume that we do versus the, the hardships of just our location. You know what I mean? Well, we have 50 parking spots max, mm-hmm. and we there's 15 employees every day that take up those some of those. You know what I mean? You definitely um, like give it to the group of people who have worked there for such a long time because everybody's figured out how to like come over the crate overcome the craziest hurdles at that location. Yeah. And at the same time, like shout out to shout out to the people that are sitting on the borders or shout out to the people who are in the small towns that are getting their first dispensary, you know, cause all those experience a, a level of volume that's like gotta be difficult to handle. Right. Like, 
everybody's got to have difficulties in, in handling that volume in some way or another. Absolutely. I mean, just even the stress level. I mean, I mean, you guys were there when it was, th- when it was the original, when the original three, three POSs. Yeah. yeah. Imagine being in the corner. Oh, yeah. Like what in the world, you know, to see the output. I mean, so uh, yeah, again, going back to you, that's just a testament of, you know, the stress load that people have to go through on a day to day, but also they, you know, we come in with a, you know, but that's also because of the environment, you know, like all these things, it's crazy. Like all these things tie into each other. You know, it's like the reason we can do the output is because we have <clears throat> high stress resilience, but that's also because of the team that we have. we have super funny people that work around us who, you know, kind of lighten it up a little bit. So, so all these things just play a part of each other. It's like a nice dance, you know, and honestly some days, you know, some days when something's off, it's not the easiest days or it's not the best days, but that's human. You know what I mean? Like you guys said, that's human nature. So, you know, I think to me, it's just the most important part is going to be getting into a new place, you know, having new equipment, you know, having a bigger sales floor, you know, having a bigger place for employees to sit. Like, because when you're in a spot where you feel like you are comfortable, then it's easier to be your best self. You know. So you, <clears throat> you guys both kind of in a, in like two opposite ways are thinking about it similarly, like in just that um, accessibility for you in the larger sense of it, but you're more in the immediate sense of it. And it's kind of like in the idea that our specific location is kind of self-limiting, which obviously we've all um, like experienced that, especially when we were doing those parking lot days, man. Parking lot days where we were like doing it stuff. I it was just nightmares. It was just interesting, you know. Yeah. So it's like to have a conversation like coming from here to there kind of thing. Um, but like just thinking about that is definitely like important for sure. It's crazy what we can do. On Christmas Eve, we had four employees. We were in a level two snow emergency. Yeah. And we still saw like two hundred people. Give me a high five. Yeah, we in here. And then, you know, I think one from I think one of them was Greg. One was Greg. We all, uh, we had the fort down. Yeah, I mean. That's that essential worker. Well, yeah, because, you know, but, like also, but also it goes back to federal like, government. Yeah, it goes back to like, you know, if, if I, if I didn't want to be around the people that I work with, I never would have went into work that day. You know what I mean? Like that. So it goes, you know, so it's just a testament to like, how truly great this industry is, you know, like it truly is like an amazing industry. Cause like, you know, imagine a level two snow emergency and people are going to the restaurant. You know I mean? Four people are like, I'm not going to run this restaurant by myself today. There's only going to be four of us and we're about to be, you know, so, or, or, or I mean, whatever it is, fill in the blank, you know, I was just trying to make it personal, but like, you know, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a testament to how awesome this industry is and yeah, how, you know, how great management is and you know, how great our coworkers are and everything. So, but like, but like you said, I mean, it, you know, it's two sides of the same coin, you know, like the long game <coughs> plays just as much a part as the short game, you know, and vice versa. So, um, and I think they're all working together at once. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I heard there's, and again, I don't want to like, you know, this is, you know, I don't want to like be misquoted on anything, but I, I mean, just in 2023 alone, there's like three or four different adult use bills going up for for the Ohio program yeah there's at least there's one that got voter signatures and i think there's one or two that uh senators themselves are pushing so there's options 
Yeah, I definitely uh, am with you. I'm I'm definitely with you and like being scared to be misquoted because I'm always like any anything political. I'm just like I know I know that I haven't gone and like done my due diligence and and reading reading like the 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 line for line, which is shame on me because I should. I'm speaking to the microphone right now. These are all these are all opinions. These are all things popping out of my head. Oh, you're funny. If you're listening, um, you can go ahead and just. He made me do a dab, and that's that. the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, you can go ahead and just put in the comments below how I'm wrong, and I'll love to read it. The comments. You guys should look up the old WEBN records. There's a WEBN number four, I think it was. It's like a black and black and green frog cover is a vinyl album. There's a good good one like that where the guy finishes the song about Toke Monster and he says, uh, you know, if the feds are watching, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's it like in the 70s or 80s or something oh, so it's pretty, it is pretty funny, that is pretty funny. Um, but what about what about like on the bigger side of it you know like maybe you can start in ohio if you want but like uh just on a larger scale like what do you think is the future for dispensaries and like being a bud tender being a dispensary employee is it like uh cool you know like because we have uh, we have drive-through now like uh, i know yeah. that the 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 clutch brand up in uh, cleveland has like a a turntable where you can like turn limonene and myrcene up and it kind of like helps you find the flower you want to purchase have you ever been to like an interactive museum Mm -hmm. that's the that's the ceiling in my opinion for dispensaries yeah okay fair fair enough that's cool like yeah like the van gogh exhibit of of cannabis you can get there you can get there you can make it where you go in a dispensary and you look at a computer on the wall and scroll through things and learn facts. And then you go talk to, there could be a lounge, you know what I mean? There will be. Uh, you know what I mean? that, that's, that's, the the sky is the limit here. Right. Um, I mean, you already see similar things going down in places where it's been legal for five to ten years. Well, I mean, be more reasonable then. You know, like, what What do you re- like? What do you reasonably want in Ohio? Like, what do you reasonably want to reasonably, see? Reasonably, like, I mean, for our population, definitely I want to see just um more literature on on or actually take away some of some programs like limiting people too much um to to different ways of consumption and then also uh on how many days that you get i think if you're going to do a day system at all then it needs to be worked on a little bit um that's a good one uh, they were, which they do work on it. You know, it used to have tier two. You know, yeah. they actively work on this stuff. Right. It's not unheard of to do, to keep changing. And so, I really want to see a recreational market where more, um, more. I, I really want to see more small time players, small batchers that are able to get in and not be bullied by a uh, the state or. It's a bigger corporation because you you want to see the little guy win a little bit. Totally, I think for me it's like, the, like I'm excited for like in the same vein. Like I want to see obviously like the recreational side, but because of going back to what I was saying earlier about the community, um, you know, I think it's going to be cool. You know, once it does go adult use, you know, you can host different events. You can have lounges like. You know, and maybe again, this is coming from opinion, but it almost seems like the last social frontier that any adult has is a bar. Um, loud music, you can't really have conversation. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think the ceiling for cannabis for me is, you know, just it's going to be, you're going to be able to have like these lounges, 
you know, more relaxed in a bar, you know, you're going to be able to have conversation, kind of meet new people. Um, because that is how one, you spur conversation, you know what I mean? When more people are getting together and starting to communicate, like, you know, then you have two ideas come together and then, you know, you create something else in cannabis or you create something else in a totally different uh, field. Um, so I think for me, that is what I want to see is like, you know, cause that's kind of what I did out West, you know, going, you know, I got to go to different events. I got to go to complex con, um, so like that's the ceiling for me is you know setting up a booth at a Bengals game or a Reds game and you know being an information booth on cannabis you know um, you know people coming up and asking questions and giving them knowledge or you know like whatever that you know whatever that looks like but you know or going and sponsoring events like to me that because that's a very real possibility we just have to get there you know so I can't wait for that. Do you guys like saying medical marijuana more or cannabis? Uh, I don't really like want to have a hat in it because to me it's like I've had I've had weed throughout my life, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if if it was up until uh, like I realized there was a legal market and I needed to sound professional as like a cook and like talking to my mom and my wife, I probably would have stayed with words like the ganj, you know? Like, ganj, okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely grass. like, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grass, old man. school, like, I don't mind, uh, especially now that, like, people are starting to be taken seriously as professionals and, and people, like, in, in normal society are understanding that, like, cannabis users are, you know, oftentimes more hardworking than not. Um, so right. it's like that. I, I don't really mind uh, being identified as a stoner. Because like, oh, yeah. I, 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 I have been throughout my life, and I also definitely um, have have gone through and, and you know, every, you know every, everyone, you know, would agree. So. I think for me, just because I grew up in Kentucky, I think for me, whenever I say marijuana, I always put, like, a little southern draw on it, so I always try to go to cannabis. <laughs> marijuana. marijuana. Like a W instead of a J. Yeah, yeah. Marijuana. Yeah. It's like, why do I do that? So I just like saying cannabis or weed. Or I like it. I, I like cannabis overall. I don't know. It just sounds to me. I know that there's crazy. a big push for cannabis to be like the main word that gets used, and I'm game. Yeah, like, I'm game for whatever you know. Res- alcohol. It, it just it, you know, whatever well, respects people the most is kind of like where my brain's at. Yeah, yeah, you know, like whatever, whatever respects yeah. the plant, whatever is the right way to say it. Again, right. Like the listeners, you know, comment below if you if you can correct <laughs> me. But like, so I'm pretty sure marijuana was created for like a um like a slur for it, it to it, to go against the Hispanic community because they were trying to, yeah, because yeah, they were trying to, you know, isolate certain communities to try to get them in jail and stuff. So it was kind of a um, slur for it. So I still say it, obviously, but to me, it's like, I kind of see it as like, um, you know, you're letting the man win in a sense if you use it, I guess, but I, I still slip up and say it sometimes. But. I feel like there's never really been a moment in my life where marijuana was like a word that, um, like felt professional, you know, most of the time, <laughs> yeah, most yeah, of the yeah, time yeah. my life, marijuana was like the thing that like the, the bad adult figure was like, you are doing marijuana. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm smoking the gods. Like, yeah. Like I'm smoking green herbs. And we, don't have to, you know, and we don't have to talk about it, you know, we don't have to touch on it long, but I think that's the other thing too, I think is the other thing I love about the job is like seeing this deprogramming go in the older community, people that come in, you know, and you're having consults with them, it is literally deprogramming. I mean, because the, you know, the government, um, you know, however you want to put it, the man or, you know, like whatever, it, they brainwash them to think that this is literally you know, the worst thing that you can do, you know? So yeah, absolutely. So you're, you know, so you're watching these people really like 
I mean, there's yeah. even young folks, I feel like, that come oh, in and it's the same yeah. thing. Well, it's because yeah. it's just generational. But you're definitely right about, like, the older one where well, you, it's, yeah, like, it's just like, a little yeah. bit more obvious because yeah. they're, like, they're, I think they're more forthright and being, like, damn, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where, like, the younger crowd's usually, like, huh? you know, I think just young and, yeah. like, learning. And you're right. Like, it's it's passed down. Like he said, it's, you know, generational. So, like, you know, usually if your parents, you know, I had a very, like, my dad was super strict. So, you know what I mean? Which he never kind of. He never like swayed my opinion on things, but he was always like that. Like you said, you're doing marijuana. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, like he was always yeah. that guy. So um yeah, so to me it was never um I don't know, it was just never a huge thing. Like I just uh yeah, I, I like I never let him sway my opinion on so I, I always found that interesting. Fair enough. I um I think I think that I'm I'm going at a graph so we can go ahead and like wrap up. But in, in like the end of all my podcasts, I always spend like a, a, a portion of the conversation just kind of like shouting out whatever you want to shout out. So like obviously, I think that we should definitely just like take off the rip and uh, like the team over at uh, Kennedy because I definitely like leave that name out of it. But I'll censor out the other ones just because you know I'm censor this part out too. Um, but Shout like yeah, yeah yeah shouting out Greg and everybody like Chelsea and everybody that like works at that shop like that's for sure one so I'll, I'll just like take that one because I know you both go mm-hmm. for it but like what do you guys want to talk about or like hit on topic from from that kind of like honestly no just shout yeah shout out to just management you know people being on the team we even have you know, uh, just new ideas new things coming from our leads management shout out to the people that show up every day. And work hard and honest, do honest work. You know what I mean? Is this is this cannabis related? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, no, no, no. I wasn't gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. You can. Well. Yeah, yeah. You can shout out your comedy shit if Yo, you want. No, no, well, no, I was gonna say, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, you know, shout out, yeah. You know, again, it's a community thing. You know, so shout out to like you know local businesses and you know mom and pop shops who are you know trying to like do their thing and you know try to start from ground level. Um, you know, I would say. You know, get out there and just be a part of the community. You know what I mean? Like, I can't really shout out anything specific. Definitely go to improv shows if you can. Go to Clifton Comedy Theater, awesome place. But, uh, but uh, go see you know, my man. Uh, <laughs> you, you plug yourself. Okay. Oh, no, I don't, no, I don't even plug yeah. yourself. But I'm just saying, you, you know, just get out there and just be a part of the community. Go to different places. You know, go to the, the museums. Like, because when we're all together that's how you're going to get signatures to change bills you know what i mean that's how you're going to get you know petitions started like it's just you know be a part of the community you know as much as you can for sure i mean yeah as well as the listeners you know people that listen and that care you know even if you you're not you know even if you don't have your card or even if you know any any obstacle mm-hmm. um you know just stay just just caring enough to listen and want to do better is what you need in the world. So shout out to you guys. And also shout out to Patrick for having us over here. Totally. He made us a clean meal. It was delicious. We're having a good time. Yeah, so that was great. Shout out Patrick. And, and yeah, Eric for showing up as well. But definitely, you. Yeah, you. but like, I think you said the most important thing is like, shout out to listeners. Like the people who are, you know, you're not even getting paid to do it. You know, like people who are, you know, reading articles, who are staying up to date, who want to be informed, who are like, you know, who are actively trying to, you know, get knowledge, like, 
those are the people who are going to, you know, who are also on the ground level that are changing things, you know? Um, so shout out, yeah, the people that are listening, people that are interested in, you know, cannabis and who are interested in laws, like, you know, those are the people that are really making the difference, you know? Absolutely. I think for sure. Um, it being the, the first like bud tenders podcast and we went we went longer than we have before uh shout out to y'all for sitting here and smoking a bunch of weed and just like having fun consuming on the first episode being in person it's nice. yeah. I've, 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 I've been wanting to have an episode where i sat with people and, and consumed cannabis rather than just having a conversation about it so it's nice to have you guys over um and like in addition like not for sure always the listeners but like everybody out there that like can't do anything or like hasn't been a part of it no doubt like everyone should be involved everyone should have access there should be no reason um you know let us know figure it out totally mm-hmm. and the last thing i'll say is uh, put in the comments below if you want to if you want him to have us back because i had a blast doing this so uh you know put in the comments. yeah like and subscribe <laughs>